From the Bob Varley Studio in Orlando, Florida, you're listening to The Diz Unplugged. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Diz Unplugged Roundtable Discussion for May 5th, 2010. I'm John Magi, and I'll be your host this week, and I am joined by Corey Martin, Kathy Whirling, Teresa Eccles, and Kevin Close. We don't even have a peanut gallery this week. And I think it's sad you say you never say my good friends. You just say, here's who's at the table. <laughs> oh, you just noticed that now? <laughs> I noticed it a couple weeks ago. <laughs> because I like some of you more than others. That's what I thought. <laughs> so I don't want to just dump you all into my good friends. Okay. I think we should call the gardener in to be in the peanut gallery. What do you think? <laughs> Is he out oh, the there? man next door with the weed whacker. Yeah, we should bring him in. Uh, in case you didn't listen last week, Pete Werner, Walter Eccles, and Max Eccles are currently on an 11-night Mediterranean cruise. Um, they've been posting and blogging and putting up video from their cruise. And you can follow their adventures on Facebook or on our Magic in the Mediterranean page on the Diz. And we'll have links to both of those uh, in the show notes page. Um, have you guys been following them? Oh yeah, yeah. every day. Eleven um, nights seems like like mm-hmm. a month, doesn't it? Like it, they're gone. It seems like only because they went to Adventures by Disney before that. Yeah. They went to California. But, but it's neat seeing the different. Like yesterday was Pompeii. That was neat. The pictures are amazing. Yeah, you know, after reading it in your books in school, yeah. which was a long time ago for me. Um, but now seeing somebody else going through there, that's really neat. Yeah. It's like you're almost on the trip. Pompeii was amazing. I mean, just the... Oh, you've eerie. been. Yeah. But yeah, it's, I, I thought the making of the the mozzarella, I thought that was so cool. <laughs> Are you jealous that Max is doing this stuff? And no, you're I'm not. I'm excited for him. Cool. Yeah, he sounds um, excited. Their Facebook updates are real time. The updates on the Diz are a few days back uh, to give them editing time to get the videos uploaded to the server and all that stuff. So. And the mini podcasts are neat, too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm sure Pete's going to fill us in on this, but he's been uh, expressing his frustration <laughs> about trying to get these videos up and the podcasts up using really? uh, Disney Cruise Line's uh, connection. So I'm sure we'll hear about that when he comes back. That might be like two shows worth of rants. Well, from this end, though, it, it seems seamless. It does. He's it seems doing, they're doing a good job. They're doing so. a fantastic job. So make sure you check that out and you follow along with them, and they'll probably be back next week, we think, right? Should be. Honestly, I hadn't thought about it, but probably they come on yeah. Thursday, so yeah. Thursday, this mm-hmm. Thursday. Oh wow! Take it tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> Better clean out. <laughs> Get rid of the keg. <laughs> <laughs> on this week's show, um, we're going to do a special segment on vacation protection insurance, something that we've not covered before on the show. Also, Teresa Eccles has a has a update for us on some brand new discounts available at Disney and some updates on things she's talked about in the past. Uh, all that plus roundtable rapid fire and much, much more on this week's show. First, What's we have more. That's a surprise. Okay. <laughs> it's whatever I decide to talk about. Okay. All, uh, <laughs> we have uh, some housekeeping this week. I have a couple of <laughs> things I want to mention. Uh, apparently, last week we were full of misinformation that we were just telling people left and right. One of the things we did was we were talking to Teresa about her, her package vacation planning challenge, and she talked about going to Beaches and Cream. And we convinced you that it was a counter service restaurant, yeah. and that is not true. It counts as a, a table service credit. In your but you plan. kind of threw us under the bus. I the did. The guys convinced me. You're the one planning the trip. Oh, did you see that trip? <laughs> yes. yes, we saw that trip. <laughs> I'm not planning a trip to Disney. You're the one who's got their well, fingers in it. Okay. Well, I. The guys did it. It was their fault. <laughs> 
So not mine. <laughs> so in case you're wondering, Beaches and Cream is indeed a sit-down restaurant. It requires a sit-down credit. I looked into Kevin's eyes, and I knew he was telling me the truth. <laughs> <laughs> There's a huge mistake. He's gone two weeks, and all hell has broken loose. <laughs> All right, um, and the second mistake we made was in the email show. We had a listener ask us about Disney Cruise Line's Alaska cruises in 2011. And that we did not make this mistake. We did not. No, you did. I did. I made. This <laughs> oh, okay. Mistake. I don't remember talking about. I that. am taking no blame here. Would I, it be easier to just to say what we did right? <laughs> really? Here's the information we got right. Um, I even put it in my little spiel here that I was going to talk about. I said I incorrectly said that these sailings leave out of the Port of Los Angeles. That is not true. Um, the Disney Wonder will be repositioning to Los Angeles for cruises that will go to the Mexican Riviera. Then it will reposition up to Vancouver, and the Alaska cruises will sail out of Vancouver. So I just want to make sure that we clarify that. Mistakes were made, not pointing fingers. Blame it on Teresa. Really? Reposition. Don't you love that word? Mm-hmm. It's like taking a new position with whatever you're doing. That's what reposition is. <laughs> that got creepy fast. <laughs> All right, that's the end of my housekeeping. Anybody else have any? I do. We got a package from Mike Landman. He went to Tokyo Disneyland. I'm envious. And he sent all these cool little maps and a little magazine, which we can't read because I don't read Japanese, but thank you, Mike. It's cool. This magazine he sent looks like the Japanese Oriental Trading Company. It does. <laughs> the maps are in English? The maps are in English. Okay. Very cool. Thank you, Mike, for that. I that was interesting. I well, have one more housekeeping. I want to send our condolences to Tom Bell. His father passed away yesterday. Tom Bell is one of our Disneyland correspondents, so... I was good. That was my uh, housekeeping. Also, I'd also like to um, send out our good wishes to Heather Wheel and Catherine Lang. Both of them are facing uh, a very ill parent, and we'd like them to know that we're thinking about them. Very good. Thank you, gentlemen. Anybody else? Um, just mentioned. The of mu- course, you have. <laughs> just the Muddy Buddy is this weekend. So, if anybody wants to donate to the Muddy Buddy, we'll have the link up on the show notes page. But. It's really fun if you're in the area. Come out and see it. Oh, I do have one more. <laughs> Go ahead. You keep telling them we have much, much more, and we really don't. So run with this. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Teresa's going to be out here at 2.30, she told me. <laughs> Teresa lies. I do. Um, just an update. We're starting our third book club discussion. Uh, Nikki Bell has posted a little bit of a poll. There's four or five books. I I don't remember which, but she's asking people's opinions, which one they'd like to read, and that's going to be our next book club selection. So it's out there for people to make a decision. So something for everybody in housekeeping this week. You can either run in the mud or read a book. <laughs> there you go for that. Anybody else? All right. Let's move on to news. Kathy, you have some news stories for us? Jury rules in favor of Disney in Tower of Terror case. On Monday, May 3rd, an Orange County jury ruled that there was nothing unsafe about Walt Disney World's Twilight Zone Tower of Terror ride, ending a lawsuit brought by a Philadelphia man who claimed it caused his stroke in 1998. Marvin Cohen, now 80, filed his suit in 2002, alleging that he had no idea that the Tower of Terror was a high-speed thrill ride when he boarded it in 1998 with members of his family, including a granddaughter. He alleged that one of the sudden drops might have caused his head and neck to move in such a way that he suffered a tear in an artery leading to his brain, and that led to a de- I can't speak today to a de- debilitating. 
Come debilitating. On. Debilitating. Thank you. Stroke a few weeks later. After a three-week trial, the Orange County jury deliberated for about three hours before agreeing with the Walt Disney World Company that the ride is not dangerous and Disney was not negligent in providing it as an attraction. Disney spokeswoman Andrea Finger said, We're pleased with the verdict. Safety is and always has been our primary concern. The Twilight Zone Tower of Terror is a safe attraction. Cohen's case was unusual unusual because he did not argue that something went wrong with Tower of Terror, such as equipment failure or operational malfunction. Rather, the case challenged the ride itself. The jury's brief verdict statement gave a clear response to that point. Was there a dangerous condition on the Tower ride called Tower of Terror on March 28, 1998, about which the Walt Disney World Company either knew or should have known by the use of reasonable care? No. Cohen might appeal. He didn't know it was. Yeah, he, didn't he, he thought it was a museum. <laughs> exactly. Well, he was what eighty? How old is he now? He's 80? now eighty. So, so he was 70. seventy-two or sixty-eight, six, Yeah. Oh, it's back to math. Okay, so <laughs> so anyway, you pass that little sign that tells you if you got anything. The Tower of Terror. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Let's step back. The first one that says Tower of Terror. Second of all, there's screams from the people already on the ride <laughs> as they drop. It's not like you went on Disney's Lambs and Kittens. <laughs> exactly. Flowers yeah. and trees. <laughs> yeah, I mean, come on, guy. This is, you're really getting ridiculous. And, and the stroke happened a month later. Yeah. Exactly. That's the other thing, too. It happened a month after he rode the ride. You know, you're just wasting taxpayer money at this point. It's just ridiculous. But how much you want to make a bet he does appeal it? Oh, he's going to appeal I'm it. I'm sure he will. I'm going to sue the restaurant in, uh, that I ate in two months ago because I'm fat. <laughs> so, like, it's just You served me food that had too many calories yeah. in it. It's your fault. Oh, I wouldn't be surprised to see a lawsuit like that. Well, it's like the, you know, you get burnt with a cup of coffee in the drive-thru. That lady spilled the coffee in her... Let's just let it go that that lady spilled the coffee. Yeah. Didn't she win? Yeah, she did. Because McDonald's are well. I'm sorry, and that's why stupid clause in there somewhere. And that's why today, every time you buy anything from anybody, it says hot, hot, extremely hot. hot, And they tell you as they're handing it to you, they tell you that do not hold this between your knees while you're driving. Exactly. (laughs) You know, it just it becomes more and more ridiculous all the time. This isn't like what they're saying is that the ride didn't malfunction. And cause this to happen. My favorite is when you get a new electrical appliance like a toaster, and the first instruction is do not use while bathing. Mm-hmm. Or that, that's called thin in yeah. the herd. <laughs> <laughs> All righty. Much, much more. Okay, let's go on to something that's sad. SeaWorld ready to step in to help animals affected by the oil spill. I mean the oil spill, not SeaWorld. As an oil spill moves closer to the coast of the United States and the Gulf of Mexico, wildlife teams removed the first oil-covered bird from the water, and SeaWorld teams prepare to assist. SeaWorld personnel are training to protect themselves against hazardous material right now in anticipation of being dispatched to the Gulf. Get the animals stable, take care of any additional injuries or conditions that may be experiencing, and then get them back into their natural environment as soon as possible, says Dr. Chris Dold, SeaWorld's Vice President of Veterinary Services. In the event that they have to bring any of these animals back here, Dr. Dold said they have four veterinarians and a trained animal care staff, plus plenty of room to house them. Dold expects the response to be significant and said that it could last for weeks after the leak is stopped and the spill is cleaned up. Staff from Bush Gardens in Tampa and SeaWorld's other parks are also getting ready to help. 
The majority of oil wildlife care experts work at SeaWorld's San Diego Park. Just in case the oil slick in the Gulf of Mexico heads towards Florida, the Suncoast Seabird Sanctuary is gearing up to help animal victims as well. The sanctuary, located in Indian Shores, has become a collection point for supplies, and volunteers are flocking in to sign up. We're heartbroken, said marketing and public relations manager Michelle Simino. I mean, we're just absolutely heartbroken. This is a disaster to wildlife. The sanctuary is asking for donations such as rags, brushes, and dish soap to help clean off the oil. They also said that they could use Pepto-Bismol, which helps coat, coat the bird's stomachs if they inject oil. This is just ingest. You know, ingest. ingest oil. What did I say? Inject. Oh, okay. yes. Ingest oil. This is just really sad. It's devastating. SeaWorld has taken a lot of criticism, and I'm not going to get into the discussion of whether SeaWorld is doing the right thing or the wrong thing. By That's a different discussion. You're talking about the whale. But the whale, and there's that discussion caused by the documentary, The Cove. Right. I, I, I sit on the fence on this, but it's times like this when I think to myself, this is when SeaWorld shines. Mm-hmm. They were, as soon as they heard about it, they announced that they had made room, they had expanded things, and they were ready to handle these animals and help them. And I think to myself, I'm really glad right now that they're there. It's going to be, uh, I'm sure everyone all over the world is watching this, but we're watching it particularly closely because now they're moving the projected landfall for this oil spill. At first it was just going to be the Panhandle, and now mm-hmm. it's pretty much the entire west coast of Florida. And there's possibly also, the east coast if it hits also, the Gulf Stream. The exactly. Gulf Loop, they're calling it. Right. I This is part of my uh, Disboard's discussion forum. And we're going to do the next show. That, our next show, and I'll talk about it then too. But if you're interested, um, there is a website called www.floridadisaster.org. If you're thinking of traveling to the west coast of Florida or anywhere in the panhandle, you can go to www.floridadisaster.org and find out where the landfall is and who's affected and things like that. I'll discuss that more in the next show. Yeah, I hadn't really thought about it till that came up, but it's not just the oil spill that, you know, is impacting i mean it's like people who are coming on vacation and they don't know you know if they've got an oceanfront condo what's happening with that i mean it's just you know it's mind-boggling to think of gas prices it's going to mm-hmm. affect a lot right. of stuff. this is a huge seafood yeah. what what's interesting is kevin keeps saying this and i keep thinking this doesn't sound right to me they're reporting in this as the biggest natural disaster ever and i don't think this is a natural disaster this is a man-made. This is man-made. Right. For sure. it's, man-made. It's, it's ruining our environment. It's because it's affecting habitat. the nature. Is that why they're calling it I that? I don't know, but it's not, a, it's not a natural disaster. A natural disaster is a tornado. Right, right. But I'm sure there's a lot of people now that have changed their minds about offshore drilling. Well, what are you hearing, Corey, about Louisiana? I mean, I know they're talking about that entire um, I mean, eco preserve, uh, ecological preserve is pretty much going to be I destroyed. I mean, the wetlands are already in danger, and, and this is just going to... Especially with the fishermen, you know, oysters and shrimp and crab. They said the I oysters mean, are already gone. Yeah, the oysters are gone. I went the other night and had as much as I could put in my body. <laughs> uh, restaurants are buying them for like two or three months in advance. They're buying everything they can get because they know they're not going to be available. The Really quick, I saw a statistic that said the Gulf of Mexico provides 25% of the world's seafood mm-hmm. supply. 
That's incredible. That's you were talking about the changing people's uh, attitudes about drilling offshore. I read CNN.com every day. That's kind of where I get my news. So do I. And there was a little, they put up an informal poll. And I was surprised that the majority of people said, no, it didn't affect their vision uh, or their feelings about drilling offshore. And I think to myself, really? It doesn't? Yeah. Man. I don't know how. I mean, unless they haven't read anything about it because it's so far reaching. It, it gets to so many areas that... People it's, just, you know, you can't just think it's a, a coastal problem because it's going to affect all of us. And I, apparently if it doesn't affect you directly, it's not bad. I guess I, that, that just boggles my mind. But eventually, in some shape, it's going to affect everybody. Exactly. They might not know it's affecting them, but it, it will. There was and a whole generation. I mean, it's yeah. going to go on for a while. I mean, a lot of these areas are just recovering from Katrina. Rebuilding. Right. And, We're still and, recovering. Yeah. They're still recovering in Alaska in Prince Edward Sound, mm-hmm. Prince Edward Island, Prince Edward Sound, Sound, Sound. Prince Edward Islands in Canada, from the Valdez spill, and that was yeah. twenty years ago. You know, and they keep saying spill. That this is poor. Yeah, this, <laughs> right. is, it's, this is pouring out. This it, is it, a gusher. It, you know, this yeah. wasn't a barge that just tipped over, and and they can it, it, a this finite is, amount of oil. This, this is, is coming out right. still. Crazy. I mean, my opinion is that it shouldn't affect central florida at all in terms of you know it won't affect our tourism or our hotels or anything like that it's going to affect the tourism on the coastline is what's going to happen tourism yes but it's going to affect us all with gas prices right, right. And you know what i'm talking about right it's, it's not like oil is going to lap up and now they're talking about they're talking about this dispersant that's going to disperse the oil and break it up into smaller oh, particles they're using it already. and that's more toxic than the oil right oh god one of the ways they clean up the spill is they put this chemical in the water that makes the oil fall um, coagulate and fall to the bottom of the ocean floor, and this oh. is doing more damage than the oil itself. Do you, did you read what they're using to clean the animals? I use it as a laundry additive. Jesus said dish detergent. I, do, or, um, Dawn, Dawn, Dawn dishwashing yeah. detergent. I know that's what I think of every time I hear them talk about. That. If you it's ever a get a grease spot on your commercial on your clothes on your commercial. If you ever get a grease spot on your clothes, add a little bit of Dawn, rub it around, and wash it. Takes yeah. it right out. They had a big ad campaign with the um, the Alaskan spill. Did they? I don't remember. And they that. have one before this happened that if you bought their certain version of Dawn, they would donate a dollar towards wildlife rescue or whatever. So I thought it was interesting. They're, Dawn. they're giving them Pepto Bismuth too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's it seems but, a little after the fact to me, but I mean, I think they know what they're doing. But there was so a lot of they're giving the animals Pepto Bismol because if they've ingested the oil, it's supposed to help with their stomachs to coat their stomachs so they don't absorb it. So you think they should have caught the birds and given them hepto uh-huh. before they got there? Right. I think we should. Teach them when they're young. <laughs> Give them all <laughs> Good Lord. <laughs> just like, just say no to oil. Really? <laughs> all right. Move ahead, Nancy Reagan. Moving on. Okay. Disney, one of the top choices for college graduates. As reported by Bloomberg Businessweek, undergraduate students identify the Walt Disney World Company as one of the top five employment choices after graduation. Google Incorporated, Walt Disney company, the FBI, Apple Incorporated, Incorporated, and Ernst & Young round out the top five ideal employers in a 2010 survey of college students conducted by Universum, I love all these different words today, Universum USA, a research firm based in Stockholm with U.S. headquarters in Philadelphia. The survey, which asks undergraduates to identify their dream employers, found that more than 30% of the 56,900 students surveyed said that the market success of a company was a preferred attribute of an employer up from 24% in 2009. 
Attractive and exciting products and services also became a higher priority for respondents, with 28% of them wanting that in an employer in 2010, up from 21% in 2009. So what exciting products do you think the FBI has? Or Ernst & Young. Aren't they the ones who count? It's the Academy Award folks. Yeah, How many people turn. do you think that takes? <laughs> I'm sure they do more than that. No, that's it. Google's number one, which is pretty amazing. But Walt Disney World's no, Walt Disney Company's number two. I don't find that surprising. Do you? I don't, I don't find either. that surprising at all. I find the FBI and Ernst & Young unusual. I think it's when we took the backstage tour at Disney, they explained that they were having trouble finding when you go through the um, animatronics, they were having a great deal of trouble finding people who were interested in that. Really? That they, yeah, the new the, version of Imagineers are hard to come by hmm. because people don't want to do that sort of technical, finite, right. technical, hands-on They said that the, the, wow. the, the uh, animatronics Imagineers are all retiring. They've been around for so long, and they were having a great deal of difficulty finding people who were interested in moving into that field. And I think to myself, are we are we pushing kids? Are we you know making it so attractive that they work for Apple or Disney or Google? Don't we need people that are going to fix washing machines and you know become plumbers? And, stuff, yeah. yeah, and I think to myself, those jobs while they're not glamorous, we really need them. You know? They just download the fixing washing machine app on their iPhones, <laughs> <laughs> or just Google have, <laughs> or Kirk Cole or Instant Young and have them. Count but their haven't we all done that though? I did. If that. something breaks, the first thing I do is I Google, Go to Google. it to see yeah. what what can I do. Google why is it doing check. this? Yeah. <laughs> the problem with the uh, you're talking about jobs about people repairing stuff is that a lot of things in our society now are disposable. A washing machine breaks, we get a new one. Mm-hmm. Refrigerator breaks, we get a new one. People don't understand that this is skill sets that can be applied to other things like... Yeah, there's not a fix-it shop down the road. Anymore. Yeah, my son, when he was in high school, did um, went to technical school and did you know computer networking. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that's a great place for you to be. And he goes, after he did it for a while, he goes, you know, Mom, that's not where I want to be. I want to be an auto mechanic. And from the time my son was a little boy, he enjoyed tinkering on, you know, anything that he could do. And, you know... I listen to my son, and he's a mechanic today, and he loves it. Is he successful at it? Yes, he's very successful. That's awesome. So, you know, there's nothing wrong with being a mechanic if that's what you enjoy and, you know. Agreed. I agree. Agreed, agreed. I think a lot of people who think I'm going to work for the Walt Disney Company think of the pie in the sky. They do. Big mm-hmm. picture things. I'm going to be an artist or I'm going to you know, make movies or something. I don't think a lot of people think of it in terms of I'm going to make audio animatronics. Yeah. That's what Grace and I were talking about. We were talking about what she wanted to do. You know, and I t- we talked about how Disney. There's so many different. There's more fields than you can think of right. just within Disney. There's still mm-hmm. that guy that walks around with that hat with the big scarf that covers the back of your neck and sweeps up little pieces of paper in Adventureland. So, mm-hmm. my goodness, that was descriptive. Really, <laughs> I went and applied for Disney a hundred years ago, and they said to me, "We have a couple of positions available at this time, and one of them is selling glow products on Main Street." Oh wow! And I thought, how exciting! But that's, yeah, that's a- not what I thought. That's a, that's a stepping stone career. You start out on Main Street, and then you wind up in the yeah. Emporium. <laughs> I don't look good in a full skirt like that. <laughs> Talking about that, when you do go to start at Disney, like when you're a teenager, they place you. You, you can't request. You can request. You can request. Sure. But they're going to place you where they think is. Well, I mean, you need to request an entry-level position. Right. Also, they're going to They might ask you three. 
Yeah, they're going to evaluate your skill set and their needs and try to right. fit you into what's available. But I had my teaching degree, and I had to go through a course where they taught me how to make change. Really? Uh-huh. And I thought, this isn't headed in the right direction. <laughs> I think I do want to be the person who counts the Academy Award votes. Do you? Mm. That would be All fun. right. Thank you for the news, Kathy. <laughs> Before this gets too far out of hand. Um, let's move on to Rapid Fire. Who wants to go first? I do. I, me. Ah! Oh, my goodness. It was a three-way tie. All right, Kevin, you go first. Oh, yeah. Pick I'm tallest. Pick him. <laughs> You'll start to know who my good friends are. Yeah, I'm saying that. <laughs> I'm saying that His now. good friends are the ones who cook for him. <laughs> <laughs> I got this from Perez Hilton. And it says Disney has some pretty has had some pretty big success on the Great White Way, and then there was the Little Mermaid. Though plans for something new to Broadway from Disney has been nothing more than a hushed whisper and internet rumors. We've discovered that there are tons of classic Disney films being considered for the stage. One Disney source has noted that there are several domain names being bought out by Disney Corporation, suggesting future plans in bringing these films to the stage. Some shows have already been established in other places like Aladdin, AladdinOnTour.com, which is currently playing as an attraction in the Disney parks, and Sister Act, SisterActOnTour.com, which is currently playing in London's West End. The source noted as many as 20 new shows being considered, including... Aladdin, Alice in Wonderland, Calendar Girls, Citizen Ruth, Coyote Ugly, The Father of the Bride, Flamingo Kid, Freaky Friday, Hunchback of Notre Dame, The Jungle Book, Newsies. I love that movie. Oh, me too. The Nightmare Before Christmas, Pirates of the Caribbean, Pollyanna, Romy and Michelle's High School Reunion, Shakespeare in Love, Sister Act, Step Up, Toy Story, and Yellow Submarine. That's a lot of show tunes. We can already spot the flops. Romy and Michelle's high school reunion, anyone? I think that sounds funny. But we're sure whichever shows they decide to go with will pour money into their pockets. So they're uh, apparently buying up these domain names on tour.com and in preparation for maybe making hmm. musicals out of them. I think some of them sound like a good I idea. I could see Newsies. Would you go with me, Kevin? I would. One of my favorite songs is from Newsies, Seize the Day. Yeah. Uh, I think, though... Um, We've had this discussion before. Disney buys up domain names, and a lot of times, just to keep other people from having mm-hmm. them. They don't want other people having the Lion King on tour.com, so they buy it up so that no one else can go and take Online it. Online real estate. But I want to go back to that list. What was that? Ruth something? What was that? Citizen Ruth. Um, what the heck is that? Is that a Disney movie? <laughs> no, it was a movie. I can't think of her name. She was in one of the um, Jurassic Park movies. The one... The dinosaur with the short arms? No, the one where they lose the, the cell phone in the dinosaur poop. Not Tia Leone. That's the wrong one. Who was his partner? <sighs> Who was... um? Oh, everyone at home is screaming. They are. They're screaming in their car. I know you all are screaming <laughs> I in your car. I want to say Lauren something. Laura Dern. Laura Dern. It was Laura Dern, and she was going to have an abortion. Court's just out of it. Yeah. I'm, <laughs> you never saw I'm Jurassic Googling. Park? We need Julie yeah, but, here with the answer. Uh, yeah, exactly. Right. Citizen Ruth was a movie about... Um, a young girl who was, I believe she was being told she couldn't have an abortion or she had to have an abortion. It's a, a couple and years old. They're making it into a musical? Well, you know. That's oh. just weird. Okay, I'm just, I'm done with that. I just, it was, some of these names on here just were like, what? I what about Pirates of the Caribbean, the musical? Do you want to shoot yourself now? Oh, Lord. Pir- <laughs> Pirates on ice. <laughs> no, I'm sure that either they are coming. And Yellow Submarine. Just some rumors. Thank you, Kevin. Who wants to go next? You pick. Let's see who you want. <laughs> I'll tell you what. Let's go around the table. Teresa. I think you should arm wrestle. I'm next. I can say next to his best friend. I just want to give an update on my trip report um, for my challenge. 
Um, we all know free dining just came out. So you're talking about your twenty five hundred dollars. My twenty five hundred dollars. This is going to be rapid. It's going to be really rapid. I did nothing. I I heard the rumors just like everybody else. Yesterday morning, Monday morning arrived. I get up. Bing. There's a little email from my travel agent Dan telling me that. You know, this is it's today. Today's the big day. Do you want to switch your days? Because my travel started on the 14th of August, and I had to start on the 15th. I said, do whatever you got to do. And so, in order for you to take advantage of the free dining, mm-hmm. you would have to move your vacation by one day. So I just moved it one day. So um, several hours later, after he got through and took care of everything for me, he came back and he said my trip went from. Um, one thousand nine hundred sixty-eight down to fifteen fifty-one. Holy smokes! Yeah, what resort are you staying at? Pop. Okay, now you're going to get the counter service option. No, oh. I upgraded to right. Oh, you updated. Uh huh. Teresa's going to talk about this in her discounts. The free dining is for the quick service only, but you can pay extra to have the basic dining. So you're paying. That's a fifteen hundred dollars mm-hmm. with the basic dining. But I also because of that, awesome. I splurged a little bit and I went from a standard room to preferred room. So now my trip stands at sixteen thirty six. What about have you asked them to look at now going into a moderate resort? No, I. People have been telling me do this, do this, but you know what? I don't want to. I want. I've I've wanted to stay at Pop for several years, yeah. and. I want to do this as inexpensive as I can and get the most out of it for my money. So, as it stands now, I'm at Pop for sixteen thirty six oh seven, free dining. Um, got a preferred room now, and without me asking, he also went in and changed my reservations to my dining reservations that I had. Had them changed so they all match the up with my new dates. Yeah. Now, do you know what a preferred room is at Pop Century? Do you know what that means? I'm assuming it's closer to the pool. Right. Yeah. What you have is it's not a view. In some locations, they say preferred view, mm-hmm. as you know, you have a lake view as opposed to right. a parking lot view. This, it's a location, so you're closer to the main building where the services are. So I feel like I'm splurging with that because I before I just had a standard room, you know, whatever they were going to give me, just to try to keep the money down, but. So anyway, I'm, I'm pretty excited about Your it. Your budget is twenty five hundred, correct? Mm-hmm. No. Yes, it 1690 is. Sixteen ninety now. <laughs> <laughs> Seventeen hundred. She gets saying lower. It's like my credit card. It keeps the people lowering my limit every time I pay on. Oh, your limit is. <laughs> so you have a nice little buffer. I do. I've got you know about eight hundred and something to work with now. Lanuba isn't within reach now, so I'm excited about it. It yeah. isn't within reach. It, it is. is it is. Plus, you know, whatever else. I could buy a small trinket for my trip. <laughs> are you going to the beach, uh, beaches and cream now? Yes, we still are. Are you going to use your dining credits? I don't know. I haven't decided. I know there's been a big argument over beaches and cream and, you know, don't use it, don't go there. We are not going there for the food. We are going there because Grace was, she liked the way the restaurant looked. She liked the graphics on the menu. The whole atmosphere is what we're going for. It's got a great atmosphere. Even yeah. more reason not to use your dining credit. I mean, we could just go in there for a snack. Right, exactly. Just yeah. go there and get a, a Sunday, right? So she can enjoy the place and then go use those credits somewhere else. But that's our that was our main reason for going there. So excellent. Well, good news for you. Good news for a lot of people. Um, we saved our clients a lot of money. Dreams Unlimited Travel worked really hard yesterday. Saved our clients a lot of money. It was a lot of hard work because. Disney stuff didn't work yesterday. Mm-hmm. Their website didn't work, and, and their phones went down the first thing in the morning. Mm-hmm. Yep. So. It was a challenging day, so I'm glad Dan was able to get that for you. Yeah, I love Dan. Thank you, Teresa. Kathy? Wishes dessert party has been extended again to August the 14th. 
And as in typical Disney fashion, when you call to check the pricing, nobody can give you the same price twice. So it, it seems to, as before, it depends on what day you're going. They seem to have peak dates. They don't tell you what those peak dates are. You have to pick a day, and then they tell you what the pricing is. But it could be um, for an adult anywhere from twenty three forty two up to twenty nine ninety nine, depending on the thing on the the dates, and children from twelve seventy seven up to fifteen before tax. So it depends on the date, but it's extended again. Are these specific days during the week only on weekends, or are they every night? No makes no rhyme or reason. It's what they consider to be a, a busier day. But I mean in general is the party every night or is it every only- night that there's wishes or the whatever the summer one's called, what is it, summer night tastic? Yeah, it's yeah. night tastic now. Very interesting. So the time's gonna be a little bit different too, depending on what time. That makes parades. sense, but I was wondering if it was just Friday, Saturday night was more money than a Monday or Tuesday. I can't get night. a straight answer on that. And this is only extended until August 14th, mm-hmm. so I can't do this on my trip, right? Well, I, they they keep extending it, and they went into a refurb, so I would imagine once the, once they decide what's going on, they'll probably keep extend it, it again. And I'm sure with free dining, they're going to do something. They want to do a refurb on what? They did a refurb on the Tomorrowland Noodle Station. It was The Wishes Party went away for a little bit, yeah, and they redid the area. And for anybody... At least from the first time I went, the first, you know, the day it opened to now, now they give you assigned seating, and you have like a little uh, tent card on your table that tells you, and they put a little, the Mickey head glitter on your table. I haven't been there in a while. Have they changed the Tomorrowland Terrace? No, it looks pretty much the same. Good. I have a question, talking about the noodle station. I've lived here pushing two years now, and I've never seen it open. Only you during, are not missing anything. Exactly. Yeah, it's only during like really busy, like free well, dining. I've it'll been be over open. there. Okay, because I've been over there and numerous Easter, times. Easter it was open too. Oh, was it? Mm-hmm. When Noodle Station first opened, we went, and it was good. And then a couple months later, we went back, and it wasn't. Really, we used it to have a really bad. good salad in there, but so it's open. Um, they do have apparently um, standing room only seating. I guess when it. They book all the tables, <laughs> and you can hey, standing, standing room, room only seating. <laughs> and this last time I went, I asked for sugar-free, since you know I'm trying to watch my sugar stuff. And they brought a really, really nice plate. I had two kinds of um, sorbet. I had a piece of cheesecake and a bunch of fresh fruit and some brownies, and the plate was awesome. So I didn't ask ahead of time, so you know they can accommodate you. Awesome. Thank you, Kathy, Corey. For those of you who don't know, Captain EO is returning to Epcot July 2nd. As it, we like to call it Captain O. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be replacing Honey, I Shrunk the Audience attraction for a limited time, and that attraction should be closing sometime in May. Have so. you guys, did you, have you ever seen it? Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay, that yeah, was oh, like yeah. before my time. Is if Michael Jackson it? hadn't passed away, do you think we'd be getting Captain EO back? No, absolutely no. What, Tell me, what is Captain EO? It features Michael Jackson, and he's singing and dancing, and it supposedly has this futuristic storyline. And the Angelica Houston in it, right. is in it, and there's a space monkey. It's awful. And it's in 3D. So it's a 3D movie. It's, it's, thriller, it's thriller set no in space. No ride, invent. It's but a piece of history, though. I mean, a lot of people. It's a piece of something. <laughs> That's a reason why they took it out. <laughs> and what did they take? Where they they took out Honey I Shrunk the Kids? They're going to temporarily shut down Honey I Shrunk the Kids, and 
That was oh, the original location for it. Oh, okay. Honey, I Shrunk the Audience is the name of the attraction. And then they're going to bring back Kodak Magic Memories, where that sunflower blooms. The pre-show before, before the pre-show before the pre-show. That's all before my time. I'll have to send Teresa over there to watch Captain EO. Yeah, Give us a review I'll go it. with you. Okay. Wear your bad jacket. My bad jacket? Don't lie. We know you have one. I don't. I do have one with glitter on. Thank you, Corey. All right, let's move on. Um, first thing we're going to talk about is we're going to talk up a little bit about vacation protection insurance or trip insurance uh, is another common name for it. And there's a couple reasons why I wanted to talk about it this week. First of all, there was a lot of um, problems and issues with travelers being stuck from the Icelandic volcano eruption in Europe. That's a natural disaster. That's a natural disaster, correct. And... Um, there were a lot of questions about, you know, well, what would trip insurance cover in that instance? Should I have bought it? Would it have helped me? I did buy it. It did help me, that type of thing. So um, I think it's important for people to consider trip insurance a little more carefully now, and we're going to give some advice on when you, th- when you should look into it and when you shouldn't look into it. And then the other reason why I wanted to bring it up was Disney, has, Disney Cruise Line has just changed their pricing structure. For their trip insurance, it used to be a flat fare per person based on the length of cruise, and now it's a percentage of your cruise fare, not a percentage of your total. It's not based on the port charges and taxes. It's strictly based on the cruise fare portion, and now that's now eight percent of the cruise fare portion of your Disney Cruise Line vacation. So I wanted to bring that up specifically so people understand that there's now a change in pricing structure for. Disney Cruise Line trip insurance, and also open up a discussion with the table on trip insurance in general. Before we start, I want to give a disclaimer. We are not insurance experts. Thank you. (laughs) Right. Even as travel agents who talk to our clients about trip insurance, we often say this to them. Listen, we're not insurance experts. If you want to get into the nitty-gritty of the insurance and what it covers and what it doesn't cover and what's excluded, what's pre-existing, you should call the insurance company. Disney uses a specific insurance company, and they offer the, the phone number that you can call and talk to them about that. And um, so I just want to get that out of the way to say, listen, please don't say, the podcast said I should do X, Y, and Z. We are not insurance experts. But we can give it to you from a standpoint of a traveling person as well as a travel agent who sells this product to our clients. All right, so let's uh, let's talk a little bit about trip insurance. You have some options with trip insurance. You can per- if you, we're talking specifically about Disney vacations at the moment. When you purchase insurance, it's different based on what product you purchase with Disney. Disney Cruise Line offers a trip insurance, and the Walt Disney Travel Company, which is packages, sells a separate insurance. Coverage is similar but not the same. Also, you can't get trip insurance through Disney on a room-only reservation. It has to be a package or a cruise. Disney Disney Vacation Protection or Disney Trip Insurance will only cover the components you purchase through Disney. So if you purchase a Disney Cruise Line vacation and you purchase your air separately, only the portion of your vacation of your cruise is covered by Disney. So you have to consider whether or not you want to purchase separate trip insurance for the air on a Disney Cruise Line vacation. I would say, well, another thing to keep in mind, too, is if 
if you're going to buy your air separately, you might want to think about refundable tickets instead of non-refundable, which most people buy. And then when something comes up, they try to get the airline to waive the fees. If you buy a refundable ticket, it's going to cost you a little bit more beforehand, but then you have a lot more flexibility if right. your plans would change. Trip insurance is, think of it in terms of any other insurance you would buy. You're sort of taking a bet to say, I'm going to make sure that if something goes wrong, I have the protection of someone going to pay me or cover me or help me. So think about the things you're buying, how much they're worth, how much it's worth to you if this doesn't happen. You know, it might be better value to buy the refundable ticket versus buying insurance on your air. That's something to consider. The other option you have is besides purchasing your insurance with Disney, there are independent insurance sellers, people who sell trip insurance independently. And a website we often recommend is called insuremytrip.com. And this is kind of like a clearinghouse for all insurance companies. They uh, run on their website, excellent website. You can put in your your uh, travel amount. You can put in your dates. You can put in how many people, and it'll spit out a quote for you. I did that this morning. It was interesting. It's awesome, isn't it? It and is. They give I you just, a ton of options. They did. I, I just put in just random stuff, you know, family five, $5,000 trip. You know, these are my dates, just to see what would come up. Anything from $136 to $700 premium. Depending on what you want covered. Now, you also have to take into account, uh, I work with clients all the time, and one of the things I don't ever want to get involved in is I don't ever want to start asking people about their medical history. So if there's a pre-existing condition, many insurance companies will uh, not cover pre-existing conditions. So what you need to do is you might need to call the insurance company yourself. And I think most travel agents won't want to do that for you, especially if they get into personal issues. Right. So make sure you know if you have a pre-existing condition that you know before you purchase the insurance whether or not this will be covered. Another point about health and health insurance is that some of the insurance that um, you might need on your trip could be covered by your health insurance that you have already. Um, also, lost items, stolen items, could be covered under your house insurance already. So these are important things for you to review and see what's what's going to happen. Um, Something else to keep in mind is the time of year you're traveling when deciding if you need travel insurance. If you're in an area that's prone to snowstorms where you might not be able to get away from your home location, that might be something that would be covered by... Sailing during hurricane season right. might be more uh, important to you to have insurance unless, if, as opposed to traveling during when it's nice weather and cruises don't usually cancel. All very personal decisions, all decisions you have to make. I'm going to just say that in general, my theory of, of trip insurance always was no. It didn't make any sense to me. Don't buy trip insurance. Don't buy trip insurance. A couple of years ago, we were going to go on an Alaska cruise... Kevin had the foresight to buy trip insurance. Hurricane hit. We couldn't go. So it gave us peace of mind. So now it's really much a situational, personal decision whether or not you should get trip insurance. How far are you traveling from? Are you familiar with where you're going to? What are the possibilities that could happen during your cruise or your vacation? It also is a decision on when to purchase your trip insurance. Most trip insurances are not refundable. Once you've purchased them. Right. It's an insurance premium, like you'd be paying a premium on your house. So it's not like you can say, okay, now I don't want to, I've decided not to go. 
that premium has been paid. With Disney insurance, you have a 10-day, um, I forget what the exact word is, but it's a 10-day back-out period, where within 10 days of purchasing the trip insurance, you can say, I don't want it, and get a full refund. But after those 10 days, you've now paid a premium, and you don't get that premium back. Now, with Disney Cruise Line, where you place a deposit, and you have until 90 days before departure in which to cancel for a full refund, it, you might want to hedge that bet and not purchase trip insurance up until the 90-day mark. Right. With Adventures by Disney... Let me just go back and explain that real quick. I know you want to do Adventures by Disney. The reason for that is, like we mentioned, the, the trip insurance portion is not refundable. So if you pay a deposit on your cruise and cancel before the 90-day mark, you won't get your trip insurance back. But if you, but if you wait until before you pay your final, de- final balance... And before your final balance is due, you can still add trip insurance. So it's kind of like, you know, you've extended out your numbers a little bit. John, let me ask you this. I know this year they added the um, the clause where you, for employee termination or layoff, or if you're deployed, military deployed. What if you've made your trip, you've, you've planned your trip, you've paid for it, and then you decide later you want to get trip insurance right before, I mean, how would that work if you if you knew you were going to get deployed? Could you get your trip? Could you get the insurance and then get reimbursed? Well, I think you're falling into a gray area. I mean, this is a, an area where it's it's technically a pre-existing condition, quote unquote, where you know it's going to happen. But if you're within the guidelines of doing it, you can still do it. But again, if you're not if you're not within the penalty phase, you're not within you've not already paid the balance and you can still add trip insurance, then it doesn't make any sense to add the trip insurance before then anyway. Right. Because you can still get your full deposit back. And I know there are different rules for Adventures by Disney, and Kevin's going to go into those as well. Now, with Adventures by Disney, once you pay your deposit, you have a 14-day window from the day you pay your deposit, and then your deposit becomes non-refundable. You only have those two weeks. If you want to cover your deposit, with trip insurance, you have to add the trip insurance within that four day, 14-day window and pay for it. If you are willing to gamble that your deposit is safe, you, ha- you, can, add up in- you can add trip insurance right up until your final payment date. But if something happens that you cancel between the 14-day window of booking and your final payment date that you have to cancel, you lose your deposit. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. It's just yeah. because there's different deposit rules for an Adventures right. by Disney as opposed to a Disney Cruise Line or a Walt Disney World package. Now, also with Adventures by Disney, every single depart, every single trip has a different product number. So, if you have questions about what's covered or what is a pre-existing right. conditions or what's included, then you would not only have to call. The travel, the insurance company, you would have to have the product number from Adventures by Disney for the trip you're on because they all have different numbers as to what's covered. And, and on Insure My Trip, if you book within the first 14 days, it's one price. If you book after that, it's a different price. And then they get a little more picky about pre existing conditions. You're talking about if you purchase the insurance, right. 14 pur- days of booking. Right. It's a different price as if you wait longer. And I think that addresses what Teresa said was they don't want people all of a sudden going, oh, shoot, something right. might come up now I didn't think about, so yeah. let me add trip insurance now to protect myself. Now, one of the things we just recently found out is that if you're uh, 
traveling with adventures by Disney. I we have a person who is taking an adventure and then meeting the cruise ship in Barcelona. They're taking a European adventure and then traveling from the end point of their adventure to Barcelona to meet the cruise to go on a med cruise. Disney or trip insurance will or Adventures by Disney's travel insurance will cover this person's flight from their home departure point to the beginning of the adventure. But once they leave that adventure, because their flight from the end of the adventure to Barcelona is not covered by the the Disney travel insurance. But if they would have flown home, it would have been covered. If they would have flown back to their departure point, that their flight would have been covered. I think these this information that we're providing just goes to show how complex insurance can be. Right. Mm-hmm. So when you when you come to us and you say, "Is insurance a good idea or is it not a good idea?" We really can't just give you a flat out answer. Depends on your situation. Depends on what's going on in your life. See, I so, think a lot of um, you know not only if your trip's canceled or something else happens where you can't go, but if you're on your trip and your bags get stolen, there are maximum maximum amounts of of reimbursements you can get for that. Correct. I mean, so if you lose $10,000 worth of stuff in your bag, you're not going to get all 10000 of that back. Right, because that amount's not covered right. unless you add a rider to your travel insurance. I also want to point out, too, another issue with that is that the um, your personal liability stuff, if you lose your bags, that kicks in after your homeowner's, associate, homeowner's insurance. So it's secondary. It's secondary insurance. So if you've already been covered up to a certain amount, then this insurance is going to cover you beyond that amount. So it gets very complex. So if you have no homeowner's insurance or you have no health insurance and you're just going on a trip, it might be something good. to think about. Especially, something to think about to get insurance. Especially if you're traveling far, yeah. especially if it's a very expensive trip, especially if you're unsure of your destination or what's going to happen. It's a good idea to sort of hedge your bet for what amounts to a fairly small amount of money. We're not talking about tens of thousands of dollars in insurance. You're talking about a couple hundred bucks. Now, it's also a good something idea. to keep in mind is even if you have health insurance, we were on a cruise I was going to talk where a member of our traveling pump party became ill and had to be treated on the Disney ship. And they don't care whether you have health insurance. Right. You can work with your health insurance once you come home. However, you're charged for that medical care at the time. Mm. You can then fight with your insurance company to cover that. But they're responsible. You're responsible at the time if you don't have travel insurance. That's actually. But if you do have travel insurance, I was going to say the other other thing too is yeah, you've got to also be careful because um, it's not like it's you know you show if you bought travel insurance, it's not like you show an insurance card and it's covered. You still have to pay that bill. You have to put a claim into the insurance company to be reimbursed. Um, So that's something to consider as well. Some of the big items. That insurance, the travel insurance does cover, uh, are things that you might not think about. One of those is if you have to be evacuated, if you have to be transported from one place to another during your trip for whatever reason, insurance will cover that. That's a huge expense. I'll give you an example: someone got sick on a Disney cruise ship recently, and they had to be heliported off the ship to land, and that would be out of your pocket. If it's you not in my cruise payment. <laughs> no, it's not part of your cruise fare. <laughs> That's extra. 
So those are things you got to think about as well. Also, if you're hospitalized for any certain number of days, they will send somebody to you, like fam- family members, to your bedside. Correct. If it's needed. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. It's part of the insurance, too, is that if you can't get away and someone has to come to you, they'll pay for someone to come to you. And vice versa, they'll make sure you get home. This I mean, is something just, you have to be reimbursed for, too? Or is this? I don't know exactly the specifics of okay. how that would be handled. But do you mean airlifting? Yeah. Mm, I don't know. Yeah. I just want to add a little side note right here. Go off topic for just a second. One of the things we hear about all the time is, do I need a passport or don't I need a passport? One of the things that we found is if you have to be transported home from your wherever you become ill, Having a passport is a great asset in that situation. If you don't have a passport, it's very difficult to get you from wherever you're sick back into the country. Because as they talk about a closed-looped cruise where you can be on the ship and you don't need a passport to get home, if something happens that you have to come home from a foreign port, port, this is where having a passport and travel insurance will be invaluable. And some travel insurance will actually cover things like lost documentation. So if you lose your passport or something like that, they'll, they'll also cover that as well. I would also mention that the part about hurricanes, especially here in Florida. Disney, when they know that there's a hurricane coming, has a very liberal hurricane policy if your trip is disrupted. They'll work with you to reschedule or do whatever. Now, you know, your airfare, a lot of times the companies, um, if they know a hurricane's coming, like to central Florida, they'll work with you again to reschedule your tickets. And they're pretty liberal. But if you really want to nail that all down and cover any emergencies that would come up, then I would get trip insurance. But Disney is pretty good to work with for that kind of stuff. I agree. So... I think people can you can uh, understand that this is a very complex process, and it's not an easy decision. It's not an easy thing for us to say, yes, you should buy it, no, you shouldn't buy it. I think if there's any doubt, you should buy it, mm-hmm. absolutely positively. Um, just if nothing for nothing else to give you that peace of mind that you're protected. Um, I think if you're traveling far away, I think if you're taking any one of these European or Mediterranean cruises, you should have trip insurance. Oh, most definitely. Um that's my opinion. And I would just add, too, that all this stuff that, you know, with the um, volcano, you know, be prepared when you travel. I mean, you can have trip insurance, but, you know, pack your extra medicines, you know, maybe put some of your clothes in somebody else's suitcase. So if one gets lost, you haven't lost all your clothes. Have the number for your airline there. Um you know, bring extra money because how many people did you read of that didn't have any yeah, money to, yeah, to do what whatever? Me. So, I mean, you could be protected with trip insurance, but if you haven't done some of these other things, you know. Steps to take to make sure that you're protected along the way mm-hmm. as well. Another thing some insurances will cover as well is if you are in that position where you're uh, extended stay and you do run out of money, they can get you cash or they can get you traveler's checks as well. So, again, all of this is depending on the policy you purchase. Um, I asked Kathy to take a quick look at the pricing difference between using Disney's insurance for a, a typical quote-unquote reservation versus insuremytrip.com. And Kathy did a little research to give us some idea of, is there a pricing difference? If so, how much and which route should you take? Well, looking, I um, priced a package, and for Disney's insurance for two adults, it was $133.90. 
on Insure My Trip, it was anywhere from $114 up to $186 to cover the family. Um, That's again, a Walt Disney World land vacation. Right. And then Insure My Trip, it was, you know, I'm doing a trip to Orlando. Here's where I lived. Um, here's my family members. Here's what I came up with. And again, within Insure My Trips, you've got all kind of different it's like buying a car and you start with a base package and you just start adding on options and it depends what all you want to cover. If you just want like the basics covered, you know, or if you want to go with, like the Cadillac premium of insurance, it would go up to $186. Um, if you wanted to do a cruise now with the, the way Disney prices their uh, insurance on the, the cruise, it was $214 for three adults. And on Insure My Trip, it was $165 to $372, depending on, you know, what options you took. So you have flexibility, you know, again, pre-existing conditions. It depends on when you booked it. Um, there's all kind of different things. But I would say, you know, the day you're – this is like when you do your income tax. You just devote the whole day to figuring out what works best for you. Really? It also you have to decide how big a gambler you are. Right. Kathy, do you always buy insurance? No. No? No. We didn't, well, we didn't we, purchase insurance for our uh, our California trip. Um, we haven't purchased insurance for a cruise in a long time because we feel that where we live and how close we are to port and all the things, we think that it's worth it's not worth it to purchase trip insurance. However, like I said, we do, we were going on an Alaska cruise. But that Kevin, meant flying across the country yeah. and making sure connections worked with airplanes and I was traveling during the peak of hurricane season. So when I booked it, I thought, you know what? I'm not going to gamble with this one because there were too many Variables places along the way go. where I, things could have fallen yeah. apart. Yeah. You know, because usually we don't take those, you know. Like, it was like renting a car. You know, do you buy their insurance or not? They no. always. No. No. Exactly. Right. Yeah, That's a different no. thing. That's a bad idea. You have to call your insurance company and find right. out. I think what we're saying is. Driving to Port Canaveral and jumping on a ship for a couple of days. Yeah. To us, I really wouldn't. Now, we have passports, so getting back. We also have enough of a safety net here that if I had to call somebody and say, listen, I am in Timbuktu and my passport's gone and I'm out of money, can you help me? I knew I could do that. Getting across the country or getting to Europe, yeah. that seems a little scarier being stranded. Mm -hmm. you know? Right. Yeah. No, so, I agree. It also depends on how many components there are in the trip. Right. That I would then I would, I would make an educated gamble on whether I needed trip insurance. It also depends on the cost of your trip. Right. A lot of times, because we don't have to add in travel expenses on cruises and things like that, we're okay with gambling with the smallest that amount of money. Right. Um, when we were on the last podcast cruise, you all were there. I fell, and I hurt my leg, and the uh, was in moderate amount of pain but it got warm so i was concerned that perhaps i had an infection in my leg so i went to the doctor on the ship they looked at it they gave me an antibiotic gave me ice told me to elevate it and it was somewhere along the lines of two hundred dollars for this really? visit to the doctor wow so it's kind of like ooh, that's a shock i had when i got home i called my insurance company my health insurance company i said this happened this happened this happened they said not a problem it's the equivalent of you being sort of out of your network 
Oh, okay. So they reimbursed up to a certain amount, as if, let's say, I was in Las Vegas and I had to go to a center care or something right. like that. So, again, keep a track of what your insurance will cover. That's interesting. And that should take off some of your uh, worries about do you need insurance or not. I think I just want to reiterate the fact of what John said earlier, that if you ask your travel agent or travel professional, should I buy insurance? This is not an easy yes or no answer. No. And what does it cover? Again, John said earlier, we're not insurance experts. This is just what we've learned over some time. So just be yeah, this aware is, that this is where I'd have my list. This is why I need it. This is why I wouldn't buy it. Also, the compare. information that we're giving you is available online. So you can look it up. You can see a copy of uh, the what they call the insurance contract, which is sent with your documentation for a package or for a cruise so you can read all the specifics of what it covers and what it doesn't cover. And it's very informative. I mean, I went through it and I highlighted stuff. Oh, there's stuff. just pages of stuff that they get right. into. I mean, you get into the legalese and you think, oh, I'm going to lose my mind. <laughs> but, I would also say check your credit cards because a lot of times credit cards offer some type of um, insurance. Exactly. So, right. you know, it's a good thing to have. What's the consensus? Are our clients, are they... Buying trip insurance or are they not? Is it happening? Again, and I half? think it's I think it's very situational. I, mean, I think it's very depends on a lot do a lot don't. Right? We we see a lot more purchasing it for the European Mediterranean cruises than people who are uh, doing, driving to Disney. Right, driving. I was just going to say you're driving to Disney. You're going twenty or forty miles from home. Right. I would say, if you asked my opinion, I would tell you don't buy travel insurance. Right. However, I will say this. I. This isn't a, a scientific number by any means, but my gut tells me more Europeans purchase travel insurance than Americans purchase it, probably because they are coming. Right. I agree with you. However, I was just going to say, if you were going to Disneyland Paris for those right. days, I would say to you, you know what? You're yeah. in a strange country. If you have to have medical care, knowing I would travel then with some assurance that I was going to be okay. It's just common sense. A lot of it's just use your brain. And, and a lot during the hurricane season, we get a lot of people that right. buy trip insurance. And those people, you know, I wouldn't say don't buy it. That's, that's one of those times that I would definitely have it. Again, if you're traveling, if you live in, a, in the snow belt and you're traveling, I would consider having travel insurance on my airfare yeah, and you my don't, destination. Don't think about that mm -hmm. stuff. Right. It's a whole... Another world out there, insurance. And, you know, think about that when you're going on a trip most of the time. Because you try to think about good things, yeah. not bad things happening. Then you get ticked off. Like cause SPF 30 or 45. Yeah. <laughs> and you get home and you didn't use it, then you probably get ticked off because you bought it. And I don't see that, actually. I, I don't believe I've ever heard a client come back and say, I should never have bought trip insurance. I'm mad that I spent the money on the trip insurance. Yeah. Are you mad that you pay for car insurance? Every month. <laughs> Every month I don't wreck, yes. <laughs> Shoot, I didn't have Can an accident. I have my money back. I was good last month. Thank you guys for participating in that conversation. We hope we gave you some good information on trip insurance. We know it's a complex topic, so we hope you got something out of it. Let's move on to Miss Teresa. Teresa is going to give us an update on some brand new discounts that were just released. We're recording this on Tuesday. And these discounts came out on Monday, as well as an update of some other current discounts that are out there. Teresa? Okay. The discount diva. That's me. That's not what I heard Pete call you. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Pete kind of trashed it for me. I want to start with um, a few things I found out about AAA since my last report. AAA has an iPhone app. Obviously, everybody does now almost. Um, you can go find out where you're going 
and you can find out what discounts are in your in the area you're traveling to. When I did my report on AAA, I was reporting from my location in the south, and I found out that the vast majority of this country doesn't have the decent deals that the south has, which totally blew me away. Oh, you mean you you ran the application for local stuff? For well, you. I, no, I did an online search at AAA, and I just wanted to see what kind of discounts you could get for just by having a being a AAA member. I mean, there's all kinds of discounts. And it was discounts for stuff that was in your location. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, it was stuff like iTunes and a lot of internet shopping. A lot of this stuff was just and that wasn't available to other people. No, it's not. Wow, it totally threw me off. I went and looked at the Pennsylvania website, mm-hmm. and there was a lot of stuff because I know when I lived up north, there was all kind of things you could use yeah. your card on. Down here, it's a lot slimmer. It's a, it, well, it's different. It's just totally yeah. different, and so I was kind of and shocked about that. Also, I didn't mention um, the non-signature restaurants at Swan Dolphin give a twenty percent off uh, your food. With a AAA membership, which is 20% is pretty good. I also found out when I went to renew my AAA last week or whatever that there's certain offers that you can do that they'll put that money towards your membership for next mm-hmm. year so that you can pay it off. Well, that's like the shopping I was talking about where you can go and shop online at certain places that you might always shop at, you know, Amazon, I don't know, I think Best Buy was one of them, and you get um, AAA dollars and it goes towards payment on your next year's membership. Isn't that what she just yeah. said? Yeah. yeah, I didn't I'm realize saying, that they, they yeah. did that till I went to renew mine, but I but thought a lot that was of, a good idea. But she was saying just certain places. You know, okay. You're not following. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's all different kinds of uh, – but she said you have to upgrade to get that, right? Is that what you were saying? You had to no, I just – when I went in to do mine because I was having sticker shock looking at my – But some areas in the country that's not available. So it's kind of weird. But anyway, I just wanted to give you an update on that. Now, on to the current things that just came out. We all know about the free dining. If you hadn't heard about it, you've been living in a cave since Sunday night. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, now we have to. We have to take a moment to gloat. If you go back and listen to a previous show, is this not exactly what we were saying was going to happen? We knew the dates it was going to be released for. We knew that it was going to be for quick service only. So just saying, we're pretty darn good. Go back and listen. He's pointing to himself. Right Do now. any of you have yeah. a sling that I can borrow? I he's going to sprain his shoulder, pat himself on the back. <laughs> so it is open August to October 2010. Free dining valid most nights, 8.15 to 10.2. Um, I took advantage of this myself. All excited about that. It is for quick service, but you can upgrade to the regular dining also. But it's just quick service at the values. Really? Okay. And the moderates and the deluxes, it's the basic dining. Okay. That's before when John asked you if you had considered upgrading to a moderate. Right. Because you upgraded your dining. Mm -hmm. If you had upgraded to the moderate. The free free dining would have been the basic dining. Right. Right. Okay. So that's all the only reason he was asking you. Okay. Well, I'm sticking with pop. I like it. I'm not trying to talk you out of it. I just didn't know if you realized that. Right. Okay. Also, uh, May to June of 2010, kids stay and play for free. Valid most nights, 5-2 to 6-3-10. Kids stay, receive five-day park tickets on that. Uh, Disney dining, package discounts, August to October 2010, free dining offer. They had this before they released it to the general public, correct? Generally, that's what happens. Disney Visa card holders get the promotion first 
and then it's released to the general like public. Like a few days early. Right. Mm-hmm. This was a little bit farther than a few days, though, wasn't it? It seemed like they were talking about this. I don't know. Right. They had a couple different visa offers. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But it's the same dates, 8, 15, 10 to, tw- to 10, 2, 10. Um, kids eat and play free, which is different than the other one. That was so stay, play, free, stay, eat Kids free. stay and play free. <laughs> and this is kids eat and play. So one, you, they get to stay, and one, they just get to eat. Mm-hmm. Do you think they're just throwing spaghetti at the wall and seeing what sticks I at this point? I don't know. I was wondering about that. I mean, that one promotion was for a month, mm-hmm. May 2nd to June 3rd. Yeah. So it's like at some point someone's just thinking, what are we going to do to get people in our resorts? Now, Disneyland Paris is also offering the kids seven and under stay and play free till November 8th. Do you think they'll think Kevin's seven? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and Disneyland Paris is also offering an extra day and night free. Including breakfast if you're staying on the resort. Someday. <laughs> Disneyland Hong Kong. I found this out today, too. Stay and play for two days. Book a hotel stay and enjoy an extra day at Hong Kong Disneyland when you purchase a one-day ticket. And that's extended through the end of June. So that was cool for those European peoples. Okay, so it's not just world anymore. It's every park. It's not just Walt Disney World. I could find nothing at Tokyo. Yeah, they probably don't need it. I searched. I mean, maybe Mike could help me on that. He was just there. So, But what am I missing that when they said that they were going to cut back on discounts? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> you know. Kathy. By cut back, we don't be such a Don't be such a stickler. <laughs> yeah. But really, when you think about, like you said, when you think about this, there is a discount out there. Why would you go and pay full price when you there's there's something, whether you're a Florida mm-hmm. resident or you're, you know, whatever you're. That's that's the current mentality. Why should I book my trip if there's not going to be a discount? Yeah. So Disney has to then react to that and release a discount to get people and to come. To people to we come. talked about this a year, year and a half ago. Mm-hmm. You used to be able, Disney Cruise Line does the same thing. You used to get the best deal if you booked as far out as you could possibly go. Yeah. And that's why people would book on the day dates were released. You would get tier one pricing. And what Disney's done is they've sort of smushed that model. Mm-hmm. And now people are holding out why, you know, they're going to come out with a el- uh, discount. If I have elbows, I can get a discount. Woo! So eventually it's going to, you know, you're going to find one that fits. Yeah. Now what's going to happen when the economy turns around and Disney doesn't need the discounts anymore? They can't take it away. I mean, they could, but are, would they? How stupid would that I be? I was hoping they were going to, you know, like their pricing would reflect some sort of a discount. That instead of you having to get the code, maybe from September to October, the pricing is $150 a night or whatever the number would be. Instead of it being, it's and it's available to everybody instead of a limited number of rooms and yeah, because they're still going to find that person who doesn't listen to the Diz or doesn't do their research. There are people who go out and buy a car just to go out and buy a car. And without doing any research on where to get the best deal for the car, there is still that consumer. So I think there are people who are still just calling Disney and saying, listen, this is when I'm coming. Go ahead and book it. Yeah. Do you think Disney puts themselves in an awkward position that that person would then go and talk to someone else who's booked for the same time period? I hope they don't talk to anybody at the pool. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Just look straight ahead. Right. Don't talk to anybody. But once I think, you know, once if you're on a Disney cruise and someone says, I got this great discount and someone else says, I paid full fare. Well, did you ever talk to anybody in an airplane? Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. you pay, yeah. depending on when you book it. John doesn't. He goes into a coma. <laughs> <laughs> on our European cruise, I was talking to a guy at the, uh, at the pool <laughs> and he asked me how much we got our, our cruise for and it was the price was unreal and he almost choked well didn't you go on a travel agent rate 
Yeah. Yeah. That's. I'll say, I mean, that you got to sort of preface with that. I'm a travel well, I agent. I did at the okay. end, but still, he. It at was, the end, when he was floating in the yeah, pool. Exactly. <laughs> Running up and down, screaming. <laughs> you but I mean, for? like free dining. It used to be that that was in response to the hurricane that first year. And now it's like people, I mean, there's threads on the Diz, you know, that people are sitting there anxiously waiting for, you know, that they're entitled to free dining I think that's now. the word that bothers me. And or the attitude that bothers me that you're entitled to right because I think to myself there's going to be a huge backlash on the year they don't do it right I was really hoping that they were going to switch it up somehow different this year just to break that cycle of it's September it's free dining I knew they weren't going to do it I'm hoping next year they they do something different I hope next year they look at this in a completely different light to bring people in but I don't think they will free hotel rooms if you buy dining there's, yeah, that's, wouldn't that be cool? I, I wouldn't hope for them to change before August or anything. <laughs> Teresa pays eleven dollars for her. Yeah, I know, <laughs> boy, really. Pete writes well, me Nova, a big here check. I come. Really? <laughs> my my biggest thing is I'd hope they do away with those pin codes because mm-hmm. that to me just seems so random and so unfair. You see on the boards, I got this great pin code and I'm saving this much money, and everyone else is like, "Well, where's mine?" I uh, think that's it. It's so random the way they seem to be sent out. You know, we have people signing up for websites, and, you know, if I call and ask for a promotional video, will they send me a PIN code? If I go for one night in October, will they send me a PIN code for March? It's bizarre, because when I first started doing my challenge, people were sending me emails and private messages. I got a PIN code. If you want to use it, here it is. And I'm thinking, where did you get this? Well, not only that, but a lot of times those PIN codes, aren't they attached to a certain name? Not a lot of times, every time. Yeah. It used to be people were... We're sharing these pin codes, and people who didn't receive the offer were using it, and so Disney caught on and said, now that pin code is associated with your name and your address. If there's a loophole, Disney will find it and close it up. But it seems like lately they must have just sent out a new batch because I've gotten a lot of emails from clients with pin codes, and the current discounts beat their pin codes. So for everybody that was all excited that they got a pin code, the current offer that's available to everybody. I mean, and I'm talking several hundred dollars. It was cheaper to go with free dining than it was to use their pin code. And people were like surprised. They thought they were getting some kind of special deal, and they're not. Well, I think that speaks to the fact that they're trying to get new people in. We don't want to give a discount to someone who's already traveling. Let's try to bring somebody new in. Have you already got all of your reservations, your ADR set? No. I would make... A concerted effort to get that done. Or you're going to be eating in places you've never heard of at times you don't normally eat. The closed noodle station. (laughs) (laughs) It's one of those things. I've just got one more more I want to make. I mean, people are trying to talk me into changing, too. Here's the deal. I would not not hesitate to do that. As the dining reviewer, during free dining, Reservations are tough to come by. Yeah, They're, they already are because a lot of people went and booked their reservations before they even had free dining. In anticipation of mm-hmm. this promotion, really, okay. which tells you, yeah, Disney, yeah. something's wrong here. All right, Dan, I'll email you tonight. <laughs> Tuesday, <laughs> Dan's happy. All right, well, thank you, everybody. Thank you, Teresa, for bringing us up to date on discounts. That'll do it for this week's show. Um, I want to thank everybody for taking the time to listen to us, and um, hopefully. Uh, Pete and Walter and Max will be back for next week's roundtable discussion. And uh, tomorrow we'll be doing a Disboards to Disboards show. So. We're thinking of you, Tom, Catherine, and Heather. Yep. <laughs> <laughs>